bit of a different one since today is the spookiest day of the spooky season. Rather than just focusing on a show, graphic novel, video game, I want to talk about Halloween in general. Like, not the movie, like the, the actual thing, Halloween. And the big question that I find that a lot of people ask, especially on the internet, is... Can Christians even celebrate Halloween? It's a season that has become culturally synonymous with cosplay, horror flicks, and of course, warning people that some are hiding the Legend of Zelda water temple in the candy that they're giving out that night. But what do we actually believe about the holiday and how should we celebrate it as Christians, if at all? Let's talk about it. Folks, welcome to Checkpoint Church, where nerds, geese, and gamers come together to talk about faith, games, and spooky, scary skeletons. I am your nerd, Pastor Nate. If you like these weekly deep dives, hey, be sure to hit that bell and sub to find out when our next one drops. Folks, we're going to be starting out with the scripture, just like always. We're going to be reading from the book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 18 through 23. I'm going to be reading from the NRSV. That's my preferred translation. Is what's going to be on the screen. If you have a translation you prefer, feel free to use that one instead. Also, some Epicurean and Stoic philosophers debated with him. Some said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign divinities. This was because he was telling the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. So they took him and brought him to the Areopagus and asked him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? It sounds rather strange to us, so we would like to know what it means. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners living there would spend their time in nothing but telling or hearing something new. Then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. So to keep this video brief and straightforward, let's talk first about what we even mean when we say the word Halloween, right? Halloween is a lot of things to a lot of people. Nearly every notable culture has its own interpretation of the season we're in. It may or may not fall on October 31st, but they all seem to center around the marking of time between these seasons and the weather here in autumn. The term Halloween itself is actually pretty Christian in its roots. The word is a shortening of the evening of hallows or the hallowed. Hallowed mean holy or saintly. So back in the day when the Hebrew people interpreted days as beginning with night and then leading into the day, yes, really, that's true. Go and check Genesis again. It was evening and then day, the first day of creation. Anyway, November 1st is All Saints Day when the church would host services honoring the lives of the saints. So Halloween was the evening of the hallows before the celebration of those hallowed lives on November 1st. Then November 2nd would be All Souls Day where the rest of those who have died would be honored. So what about the costumes and the candy and Jason Voorhees? All of that stuff is fluff and pomp on top of the cultural concoction that has become the modern Halloween. And let's acknowledge that I am not trying to suggest that these cultures are all adaptations of the Christian holiday, necessarily. Whether we entered into the fray first or second or whenever is not the point. We're a cultural melting pot of everything from Dia de los Muertos to the mind of Wes Craven. So with all that said, Halloween does have its roots in Christian tradition, sure. But we need to acknowledge that what it has become through the commercialization and cultural melting pot that is the modern culture is a far cry from any of those original intentions. Case in point, who is planning on rushing to an All Saints service tomorrow? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's the minority of folks that have this in mind. I'm not planning on it myself. Maybe we'll light some candles in church this morning or, or maybe we'll do it next Sunday. But that's, that's probably the end of it, to be honest. So, to be clear, whenever I say Halloween, I'm not necessarily talking about the Christian Halloween, nor am I talking about the pagan Halloween, or whatever more specific thing you might be thinking of. When I'm talking about Halloween, I'm talking about 
all of it, the cultural phenomenon that it currently exists as. Keeping that in mind, when it comes to these broad cultural swaths that we find in our path, we have three real choices. We can either reject them, accept them, or redeem them. We have these options, and to be frank, it's fair to choose any one of them. I have my choice figured out, but it's a subjective thing at the end of the day. How you choose to respond may vary depending on your background, your culture, your opinions. Honestly, mileage may vary. So, which option should you choose? Well, in order to understand them, let's break them down. So first, we can reject something by just outright refusing to acknowledge it. We can even go against it and speak out. But we need to keep in mind here that our mission at Checkpoint, what do we say are our values, is that we want to do good, do no harm, and strive to grow. So in the act of calling someone out, we have to keep those in mind, but that is still a viable option, assuming we can do that in a good way that doesn't cause harm and causes growth. Or second, we can accept it and live into it, keeping it as a kind of separate thing, a separate entity in our lives, not seeing any direct harm in the participation. And, and honestly, this is a fine option. If you can manage to avoid harming yourself or others through this, then this is a valid thing to do. Or we could choose the third option, redeem it. And this is probably the most complex of the three options. It's kind of a both and response, if we're being honest with ourselves. First, we reject what it is as it is. We accept what it could be. And then we help see what God is doing in and through this thing. But what if I told you the answer isn't just one of these, but it's actually a combination of all three, kind of like I was just saying how redemption doesn't really come without acceptance and rejection all in one. To better understand how this might be done, let's take a look at Paul's example in our scripture. So first, where is our scripture? So the scripture comes from the book of Acts, which is kind of like a second volume, a part two, a sequel, if you will, to the gospel of Luke, where the gospel writer continues on the journey of the early church after Jesus has already ascended in the gospel story. Acts follows many of the early leaders we know and love, like Peter, Paul, and the rest of the gang. In this passage, we are getting a look at Paul's life outside of the writing of Paul through his various epistles like Corinthians, Ephesians, etc. This is a third-person look at what is happening in the life of Paul. Paul is in Athens, and he sees these idols all over the place, just statues and monuments and all these gods, and he starts to ask around to try and reason, why are these statues of gods everywhere? He gets the attention of some of the philosophers and leaders of Greece, and they call him up in front of the class to explain what in the world he is talking about. They call him to Areopagus, which is this majestic court where they hold philosophical discussions and trials. Paul goes to the court and ends up delivering this particularly powerful sermon about God, starting with an acknowledgement of this monument in town that is marked to an unknown God. Paul then goes into this lengthy dissertation on the God who can be known, reminding these people that idols are just representations of gods who are far from the people here on earth, gods who are distant, separate, unfeeling. But then Paul presents a God who is personal, close, capable of being found, a far cry from the unknown God of the monument. What is important in this isn't just the sermon, although it is great, it's helpful to learn from, but what's even more important for our purposes here in this video is understanding the process that Paul goes about in this encounter. Paul discovers confusion and bad apples. These idols are signs that folks are confused about who God really is. They aren't evil. They aren't hateful. The people of Athens aren't running from God or spitting in God's face. Instead, they're actually quite curious about God. They just happen to have landed on some false gods rather than the real God, the unknown God that they're looking for. And Paul acknowledges this. He acknowledges that the people of Athens are, in fact, 
particularly religious. He says that to their face. He says, you seem to be pretty religious folks. So Paul goes about and makes personal relationships one by one. Before our passage that we read from, he actually goes into the marketplace and asks questions. He learns, he cares, he grows in connection with the people of Athens. After growing in this connection, Paul is then invited into a place to talk further about his understanding of God. And he does this peacefully and with grace. He uses language that the Athenian folks would understand. He acknowledges their religiosity. He meets them where they are and then presents the God that he knows to them. And guess what? Some don't agree. Some sneer at his words, yet others are changed by those same words. Paul accepts this and moves forward from there with peace and with love. So let's bring that back to Halloween and how we might celebrate it. Well, it starts by having a relationship with God, which you would think the name Christian would hopefully imply, but I'm just making sure that that's clear. Considering that we're asking the question, can Christians celebrate Halloween, let's start with the Christian. Hopefully you are a Christian, you have a relationship with God. Then as Christians, we must first and foremost discern what is even going on here. Paul says he studied the idols in his sermon. He wanted to know where and how God was present in them. So he took time to find the true God in the midst of the unknown God. Then once we've found God in the mix of the pieces, what do we do? We enter into community with those people. And this is where things typically go wrong. In the appropriate order between reject, accept, redeem, we must first and foremost accept if we want to make any progress towards redemption. Be with the community. This is what we're doing on Twitch. If you find us on YouTube first, hey, that's great. But our goal at Checkpoint, first and foremost, is to play video games with you via streaming. That's incredible! We want that to be our main way that we meet folks and get to know them. We want to know you first and foremost as fellow gamers, nerds, and geeks. And then we wait until we're invited into the conversation for that real change to be made. We can ask questions, we can state our beliefs here and there, but we shouldn't jump the gun. Wait until we're invited to share what we think. Then, when we're given the chance, we can enter into the rejection stage of things. But this stage should be like a flash of lightning. It should be gone as quickly as possible. Reject the shortcomings you found during your discernment, and then immediately move on to the good news of the gospel found in the redemption. Present the goodness of God in these things. It is good for us to learn and to grow as people from the lessons that we learned last week in Midnight Mass. That's not just Mike Flanagan's expert writing. That's God working in the midst. It's good for us to see the better way that Jesus offers through the screw-ups of the elites in Squid Game two weeks ago. It's not just the death game genre that taught us that. It's God present the God that we're finding within these things. God is, has been, and always will be present through the creative work of human hands. This is fleshed out better in our video on if Christians can watch anime, which I would humbly encourage you to go and check out if you have time. I go a little bit deeper into what art is and how God is present in human art. So consider watching that. Once we acknowledge God's presence in these things, the question then moves from can Christians celebrate Halloween to how Christians celebrate God through Halloween. It's not a yes or a no at the end of the day, it's a how. And it all depends on if we make that first step to allowing God into these things in the first place. As always, the process begins with you. Can Christians celebrate Halloween? Of course, how absurd a question. God is present in all things. Will we let Halloween celebrate God? Now that 
is a tough one. If you want to explore God in pop culture, we are always wrestling with this, and you are invited to wrestle right there with us here at Checkpoint Church. So whether you're a spooky, a scary, or a skeleton, know that you are always welcome here. But if you are a fan of Final Destination and that whole horrible genre, I'm going to make sure we are never alone in a room together ever. Sorry, not sorry. Thanks for listening to our weekly nerdy deep dive into the world of nerds, geeks, and gamers. We hope you enjoyed the podcast version of this show. If you'd like to experience this video in its intended full viewing, feel free to find us over on YouTube at Checkpoint Church and watch it there. If you're interested in supporting what we're doing, feel free to go to www.checkpointchurch.com support for information on how to donate or support us financially or otherwise. Or you can go through the Anchor app and support us there as well. This program is created, produced, and edited by Nathan Webb and distributed by Anchor. Anchor. Find us on twitch.tv slash Checkpoint Church, where we'll be streaming on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Thanks again for listening to our show, and remember, God loves you, we love you, you matter. Be boldly blessed, and we will catch you next time.